On this episode of Aka Education, Justin speaks with the enigmatic Paul Speraza on bringing energy into performance. Justin and Paul's shared philosophy that anyone can sing is discussed, as well as tips to bring forth the best performance from your students. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish with the Aka Education Podcast here with episode 35. This week I have a lifelong performer and educator. He was one of the co-creators of Toxic Audio or Vox Audio, whenever you were born. And uh, he's a 2004 Drama Desk Award winner. He currently teaches at, for the Big Steps program at Thurman White Academy of the Arts in Las Vegas. His name is Paul Speraza. Paul, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Acapella, uh, I'll let you know, it's it's definitely changed my life in many, many ways. And I'm happy to give it back to Thurman White Academy. And um, I also lost a Vegas Academy of the Arts. And thank you for the for the invite. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I saw a video of your middle school students performing uh, an online performance that you had put together uh, not that long ago, and I was floored. And it, I love the fact that there's so many more middle school groups that are forming around the country and uh, someone as amazing as yourself being able to lead the charge and lead the way. So um, let's talk about, I want to talk about the transition to the classroom for you. Now you've, you've been a lifelong performer, you've been a clinician, and you've basically taken a lot, taken a lot of those concepts from your clinician, uh, your clinic settings into the classroom. So can you just talk about the ease of the transition and what you do now? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a performance coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, to, to get out there and teach kids uh, how to give their best show and how to have them teach them how to perform at their maximum potential. That's something that it, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with notes. In music, but it has everything to making those notes in music look good. So, uh, being a professional performer, um, they got to a time. I have two daughters, and they're both uh, teenagers now. But it got there got to a point in time where I'm like, you know what? Um, I need to settle down a little bit. And uh, I, luckily, you know, I did a lot of stuff for free, and, and I'm always a big, a proponent and fan of paying it forward and mm-hmm. trying to. Yeah, like I said, I rode the elevator as high as I could. It's, it was time to send it back down and see who else can go up. And hopefully my kids would follow in those steps as well. But I work, I got in touch with um, some and made some good friends with some really wonderful directors, uh, Athena Mertes from Thurman White Academy of the Arts and uh, uh, Megan Frankie from Las Vegas Academy of the Arts. They all were huge fans of acapella but they didn't mm-hmm. necessarily know how to approach it, and which a lot of educators are like, well, where do I start? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm sure with acapella, it's like, man, there's so much that can go on. And it's like, I didn't go to college for this. You know? Right. Right. You don't you <laughs> go to school for this. So how do we approach this? And it just so happens that I am able to fill that niche in that or that nook. Nice. And, you know, 
you you have compared it to like a, a carrot that you kind of dangle um, in, in front of a horse in a sense. And it, it, it can be used as a, a recruitment tool almost in a sense. You it know, is a we've... phenomenal recruitment tool. You want boys, you know mm-hmm. I mean, and you want boys to get in your program. You find those kids who can have, who have, who, who can rap. You find those kids because kids who, who can rap, they have better time. They can keep time. It doesn't mean they can dance. Everybody has their strength, especially at middle school. I'm like, if you have a kid who is sitting there and throwing, you know, spitting lines like from Kanye or anybody, and it's like, it's like, whoa, that kid's got talent, but he also has rhythm, and that mm-hmm. rhythm you can take. Those are those are little tiny morsels, the little tiny things that you're like, okay, he's good at this, he's good at this, he's good at this, I, and she's good at this. I now I can start putting things together. It's mm-hmm. a really just a different approach. Um, of trying to grow your program. And honestly, it's uh, kids dig it. Kids want to do more of it because they, they want to be get closer to what they see on TV, American Idol, Pitch Perfect, um, The Voice. All these things the, that I think acapella is a little bit more tangible for kids than the classical stuff. Right. Yeah, and I, it could be a good uh, springboard in a sense because I know that when I first started teaching I always had the students who they didn't necessarily want to sing the the pop song or the, the the classical songs or like the typical things of that nature. They wanted to sing the songs that they were familiar with from the from the radio or or whatnot. Or even now, like it's it's the songs that are on TikTok and social media that get boosted up even more. The the Billboard Hot 100. They want to pursue those songs. Um, and contemporary acapella is a pretty good way to approach that um, and using that style of singing as opposed to maybe focusing on the the classically trained sound that um, has been ingrained in us as educators in our um, collegiate training. It is true. I mean, and, and the thing is, when you talk about the classically trained sound, uh, acapella is very, it, it's, I wouldn't say, there are, it's very unorthodox on mm-hmm. how you approach things like beatboxings. Beatboxing, I mean, like, I mean, I didn't learn that in, you know, classically trained college, you know, right. to learn, understand, understanding, subdividing, understanding, you know, quarter notes, half notes, eighth notes. These are all things that you can be used like, Hey, if you're good at this kind of thing. Why, why not teach that to the middle school? Why mm-hmm. not teach that? It's like, Hey, now you're now this is a quarter note. This is an eighth note. This is a 16th. This is a 32nd. And this let's start with the basics. And like I said, sneak in that, um, that foundation, because it only it'll only make them stronger later on, but like I said, it's very unorthodox acapella. And you, uh, I feel with programs that like you were in with college, a lot of it is student led. And even at that point, we're all kind of there's no real curriculum of saying right. how do I teach acapella? How is it done properly? So, mm. and these are things that we kind of we stumble through even even you as a beatboxer you're like okay it's like how did that guy do it and how did beardy man do it and right <laughs> man, that was pretty sick you know yeah just watching videos and you're like how did he like how is it physically possible to to make that sound so yeah i i totally agree with you 100 percent like you, we, we've talked about the school of YouTube um, is, is kind of where, I'm, where some of us are getting our education now. And um, 
we talk about all these musical things that the students are putting together and creating, but one of the big things that you're um, a proponent of is this idea of fearless performing. And you actually have, you know, your workshop set up uh, fearless performing 101. Can you give us a little bit of insight on that and what your expectations are and what your, um, your drive and motivation is for the people who are part of those workshops? Um, I'm a firm believer that performing knows no age. Performing knows no age. It doesn't make a difference if you're 9 or 19 or 29. A pro performer can happen at any age. And the thing that separates the pros from, I feel, being the amateurs is a lack of fear. The lack of fear because we're afraid of being judged. The lack of fear. So we can put out our best performance. And it's it's really hard for kids these days because there's a lot of social stigmas. There's a social mm-hmm. stigma. I'm, I'm afraid of looking dumb. I can't put myself out there. So my job is as a performance coach is to let me show you where you can be. Let me show you. Let me set that bar for you. And I, and I perform. So if I'm going to sing journey, I'm going to sit there and scream it out on the top of my lungs. If I'm going to beat box, I'm going to, you know, do it and show you what it can possibly be. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. this is, and if you can get close, and I challenge the kids, get close. If you can get close, you're a step ahead of where you were. And it is small steps. And then once, like I said, four years is nothing, people. In, in high school, it was a, it was a blink. Mm-hmm. But if you can become fearless from middle school to high school, and keep that being fearless, and putting out your best game, and putting out your best foot forward, and then you're in a lot better place. And it, it doesn't just translate into music classes. It translates into public speaking. It, that fearlessness translates and it changes your perspective and approach. And that's why I'm like, I'm like, yeah, give me the kid who has a lot of attitude. A kid who has a lot of attitude who is a troublemaker, he's already fearless to some extent. Mm-hmm. And he'll give me what I want more than a the shy kid who, you know, hides behind everybody else. I mean, I want those people. I want to see it's so when I go into a classroom, I dissect it. I break it down really quickly of immediately. Who's the troublemakers? Who's the person I can get something out of? Who's the shy kid in the corner who doesn't talk to anybody? You need to create an even playing field. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the extroverts to help the introverts. And the thing is, I can't do it as a teacher. But the peer-to-peer dynamic is so much stronger. I'll be like, dude, you're awesome at this. You help homie over here who hasn't said three words all the time. You go over there and help him. And it's really moving really, really fast to let these kids know. It's like, look at what we can do. Look what we can do in a short period of time. And it just took you guys saying, all right, let's do it. You know, no fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because I know that uh, at least from my own perspective, I always kind of knew it, but didn't really see it much until this year with uh, virtual learning and um, less students in the classroom, uh, especially in the choral classroom where I I see there's two types of singers. There's the students who want to be the rock star soloists are going to sing whatever you ask them to do at any point, you know, at the flip of a a switch. And then there's the students who they're, oh, they're, they're there for the, um, the community aspect of it. They want to be a part of it, but they still have that timidness to be able to sing out loud um, by themselves. And that's what has happened a lot this year, you know, sending uh, recordings of themselves singing, even though they have, they're like by themselves at home, 
they're still singing by themselves and that there's still that nervousness of putting themselves out there because as you said, they're afraid of being judged. So um, how would, how do you make sure, like even in a virtual setting, how do you, how would you approach that to, to kind of give them that little boost that they need? It, you start simple. Uh, what I do with all my kids, uh, and it's just a test. It's just, and it, it's really for kids, and especially the middle school level, I will just go, all right. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to sing a song for me because you don't know me yet. You don't trust me. You don't trust mm-hmm. me, even if I, if I perform for you. But if I asked everybody right now to scream just the word, hey, and on top of your lungs as loud as you possibly can, on the count of three, I want to see who does it. And I, I, and I, I go into the classes and I tell them just one word. It's one word, hey, as loud as you possibly can. And if I can get most of them to do that, and, and it's funny because you can tell the kids who are eager to jump. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. I can do this. I, you, get, you get permission. When you give the kids permission to do things that they're not supposed to do, you know, a lot of them step forward. Yeah. A lot of them step forward. So most of the times I'll be like, okay, everybody say, hey, on the count of three. One, two, three. Hey! And everybody's like, okay, now if you don't do it, I am going to single you out and we'll find out why. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to single you out. And then all of a sudden, everybody, the, the, you see three more people jump in. They're like, I'm not going to be singled out. You must be easy. It's easy. It's creating that even playing field to know that I was like, ah, oh, dude, who, who knew you could do this? See? And it's just saying one word, getting them to just react. Uh, it's a performance aspect. It's I, um, I use a, t- a trick, and I have everybody sing um, something that a lot of people know. It's don't stop believing, but I have you sing it as badly as you possibly can and as loud as you possibly can. And because, because one, it's fun to sing wrong. But mm-hmm. it, I'm, not, I'm not looking for right notes. I'm looking for performance gauges. I'm looking for to see who can. I'm looking to see who already has that and to see like, hey, I'm looking to see who's like, oh, yeah, this is fun. I can sing bad. Oh, I'm good at singing bad, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's taking a different approach as far as just getting them to sing. And then I have them sing it on top of their lungs. And it's like, it's crazy. And they all rush the middle of the room. And it's, it's a fun event, but it shows them an energy value. It's dynamics. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say forte, you know how I know how loud you can get. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 when I say piano, I was like, okay, now I know how loud you can get. But you give them a visual gauge of where they are. It has nothing to do with singing notes, but it has right. everything to do with making those notes look good. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, and watching the music video that your group put together and you can see the passion and the joy that they've had um, just being able to sing the notes with conviction and not be timid at all. You know, it's, it's a great music video that you put together. So how, how did you go about putting it together? I know everyone has their, their, their own ways of how they uh, have produced their music videos over the past year, but I'm just curious just about how you did it because there's never one right way. There isn't a right way of doing it. I mean, we're all hacking and slashing. (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh, I know nothing of video editing. Back to my, my iMovie. Yay. Yeah. 15, I mean, with a group of 50 kids, I'm like, holy Moses. It's like, you know, this is a lot of video editing, which is Mm -hmm. another job. It's another person's job and career. And here we are doing it, you know, 
because it, it's what's needed. It's, it, it's right. a need. But the way I approach it, the way I approach it is um, I need to, I do the audio first. I, I do all my um, uh, arra- own arrangements. And I learned it from, I guess, uh, it was Tony Huertas from um, Take Six. And that they're like, they, most of these guys, they learn by ear. They learn yeah. by, I'm going to play your part in the left ear and everybody else is going to be in the right ear. And mm-hmm. so you know where you are in the chord. And so I'm like, yeah, um, I think I'm going to do that, especially with middle school kids who don't know how to read music. Mm. And to get, so, so if I'm going to teach you by rote, I do that. I lay your parts down. I, I lay every single one of your parts down. And most of the times I lay down only a verse and a chorus. So mm-hmm. I'll be like, for example, I'll, 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 can you hear this? Let me see this. Let me see here if this will play up. I don't stop at all. I miss you. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just do it from this this point right here. Um, this is "Don't Stop Me Now." It's an arrangement I made. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you wanna have a good time, just give me a call. That much. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to teach you that much. Mm. And that I have to get that much, and it has to be at performance level. So right. I'm only until I get that much at performance level, I'm gonna lay down the bass. Don't get me. Uh, uh, if I was to write that on paper, it would be hard to teach. Oh yeah, how you approach the line. Mm-hmm. So, but and that's the thing. It's like for my bases, it's um, it's learning the vowels. It's not going do 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 ba do 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 ba da ba do ba do ba do. It's really right. emulating the bass and how acapella approaches bass, how we mm-hmm. approach bass lines. So percussion's the same way. I mean, if yep. I can just teach you percussion on just the beatboxing, I'm talking about just you can do that much or mm-hmm. that means I'll have somebody else go and clap, step and clap. I'm just trying to see what kids caliber, what they can do. If it's too hard, just do it. Mm-hmm. kick all right so now i have my bass and my kick covered and now it gets to the part where all right who can sing lead if you mm-hmm. can do bass percussion and lead you can build a song you right. know i mean it's, it's your three-piece it's your three-piece trio you have a lead singer you have a percussionist and you have the bass if you can have those three things that means you can create a groove a create a feel and the thing the person who creates the Groove is the lead singer. They create the feel about how they approach the line, and it has to be you know, like for a song like "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. It's all energetic. It has to be very mm-hmm. high energy, and you know, it's. It, I show them how I want it done by performing it for them, you know, and then after that, they they get close. It's like get close, get close to the pin. If you can be like, "Don't stop me now." Ooh, I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. I'm looking for a good time. Just give me a call. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. doing a full voice for right. them, and I'm. I don't sit down in class. I'm a, a stand. I I I move. I I move, and I, 
try to get them a, a performance level out of the kids at an, from jump. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of teachers will focus on just sing this note, this is your part. I'm like, okay, no, but you're losing feel of the song, and then you're going to approach the rest of the song that way, and then afterwards, you're going to try to put feel on after it? That doesn't make sense to me. Right. Because you know, think about it this way. When you're listening to songs that you like on the radio, and you, you the first thing you do is you bob to it, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome, and you start emulating the singer that you sing on the radio. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, and then, then afterwards, I'm like, okay, we can fix certain notes here and how it was, but I try to make it very simple. So it starts out with a uh, verse and a chorus. That's it. And then afterwards, yeah, we can do some variations, but I mean, I always try to vary things up and it becomes a collaborative effort for me. It comes a collaborative effort because honestly, some of these kids know a lot more than I do. I had some kid who knew Rap God by Eminem, and nice. I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the fastest rap song ever. And I'm like, we're putting that in a song. We'll do a, just a breakdown. And he's like, someone let me do my let me you sing, I mean, what I got to do to get it through you, superhuman? And he's like, he just started going off on it. But it's something that they suggested. I try to mm-hmm. run a program in which the kids can feel like they have a say. Give them ownership, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because that's the only reason they're going to want to do it. I'm going to be like, right. and I, I, I tell them, um, what do you think? I mean, they're all critical of each other. There's no, there's the, I let these kids, okay, what's good about this? What's bad about it? What needs to be fixed? And they tell me what needs to be fixed. I mean, cause I could easily say that, but I'm going to be like, dude, you tell me, was that your A game? Was that your A performance? Or mm-hmm. do you feel like you could do better than that? And they're going to be like, what's wrong with it? So it's really just, what's, and, and they're going to be like, oh yeah, it has no energy. It lacks feel because when you set the classroom to be that way, when you right. set the classroom to like, you know, you, you, that was your C game, man. That was your C game. Give me your A game. You know what I'm looking for, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these kids will go back to the plate and they'd be like, yeah. And then I'll tell you what, man, my eighth graders teach my sixth graders, you know? And then when they go into high school, they still have, a, they're not, they're, they're confident going in. Right. I mean, I have, a lot of these kids come to the arts magnet school that I go to. And they're confident going in, but, but like you were saying, it's it starts, it starts uh, you know in small. It starts small, and then from there, give them ownership, and um, look for those performance markers instead of focusing so much on notes and being yeah. so accurate musically, because yeah. that comes that comes later on. Sometimes you know you're like, oh man, he's flat there. Yeah, but when he's jumping up on stage, he's going to be rushing, and there's a chance he's probably going to pull sharp. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and I think about it as, as this. I think that, you know, sometimes we get, as educators, we get so used to just what's on the page. And uh, it's meant to be an outline, really, especially in the contemporary acapella. Yeah, like you mentioned how you really can't read how the bass is supposed to be written when you just see doom, doom, and da, da, written in the bass line, you know, and, and 99% of the time, the vocal percussion part isn't even written out for anybody. So like there, there's an issue right there. If, if you're asking a student, it's like students just, all right, make up the groove, let's go, you know, and I love that you brought up take six in this because um, we had Claude McKnight on the podcast not that long ago. And he, he said that like their whole first album, they did completely by rote. And I was mind blown mm-hmm. and they actually just released 
uh, through, I think, um, through Hal Leonard. They just released the um, arrangements of the first album, which someone had to go back in and transcribe because it was learned by rote. So, um, you know, just the fact that you're teaching the students a new skill. Yeah, some of the students are going to have trouble reading music um, or not reading like the pop style rhythms as opposed to the typical rhythms they would see in the music that's written for them. But it's it's a new tool for them to gain and to have the confidence to continue growing, as you said, as they move forward to the high school. Absolutely. And um, that's not to say they can't apply, uh, you know, what they're learning immediately, like especially mm-hmm. rhythm you know, rhythm training and a, a pro, how you approach the line, brightening the, brightening your tone instead of singing with closed, you know, round vowels like we, they ta- teach us in classical, but spread A, more like L.A. pop, jazz style. There's, there's these things that, you know, pop music or, and jazz music, it, it was based on, and it wasn't like classical. It was very a very conversational approach mm-hmm. to music, and that's where I feel... Um, uh, we falter a lot when we're when we're looking at the page because the conversation never gets established. It mm-hmm. becomes one-sided, and yes, you might feel that, and you can sometimes teach that through dynamics. You know, as you know, mm-hmm. you know we, the the, our, the composer wants us to be very quiet here, and but I'm like, and then he wants us to grow and swell into a crescendo mm-hmm. in the middle of the song, and I'm like. Man, but if you ever heard Frank Sinatra sing and you heard him, you know, you just uh, approach it just from a performance aspect. You're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, man, that spoke to me. That speaks right. to me. The, the way, you know, the way, let's take somebody like Adele. Adele is, she has a timeless voice mm-hmm. and her voice appeals to a broad generation. All right. So appeals to, you know, all, all generations, my middle school kids, all that, my grandmother loves it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's her way of storytelling. It's the way she approaches the line that, yeah, you can put, you know, decrescendo, crescendo here, but it's how you deliver the message. It's musical right. theater. It's musical theater. Yeah. And, and, and in teaching all kids, especially choir kids, that you're playing a, not you, but a version of yourself that changes constantly, mm-hmm. you will get a lot better performances. Kids who are in musical theater are because are taught to play characters. Choir mm-hmm. kids aren't. They taught to right. play themselves and they think they feel naked. But mm-hmm. uh, but the, and that and that's the thing about teaching middle school kids. I'm like, all right, let's butcher this song. Everybody do it in a country accent. <laughs> That is a totally a true valid point. I mean, I myself, I actually I help assistant direct our high school musical production. And, you know, you see a difference in those students who are part of that musical production because they are playing a character versus when they're singing in choir because, you know, like you said, they feel naked because they're themselves. They, they don't see them as themselves as being a character within this song. And as much as you would try and approach it as, well, what does the song make you feel or how can you connect to this song? Um, Sometimes some of them struggle with that, but if you give them kind of like a, almost like a backstory as to why the song was written and have them approach it from that manner, there's a good chance they're going to give a better performance. So I love that analogy that, yeah, you need to almost become the the musical theater kid singing uh, contemporary acapella, become someone else um, and it'll give that stronger performance. Absolutely. It's all theater. It's all theater. Mm-hmm. We're in front of people. We're, we're, and I, I believe that 
you know that the the audience is is it's alive it's a living being and you can as an acapella singer our job is to communicate with the audience and it's not one way the audience will react they'll tell you if mm-hmm. they like you they'll tell you if they don't like you they'll buy if you if they like you they'll stand up and they'll clap at the very end if right. it was like a eh, performance you'll you'll get a mediocre reaction these are gauges these are i mean if and it's not just doing like fast up poppity songs it's pop songs i mean Acapella, a song can keep you to the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. Song can make you cry. It's use, it's the use of silence mm-hmm. that makes things more impactful. It's understanding that this is theater. This is theater. It's how you're presenting the line, how I am taking the audience, and how am I going to make the audience go with me on this journey? How am I right. going to make this, you know, it's like, because if, if you're doing a slow song, yeah, you're not going to be up all over the place, but you do want them to hinge on everything you're saying. And that sometimes mm-hmm. deals with changing meter sometimes. And it, it becomes a very personal aspect that is like, okay, how do I find that? And this is one of those things where it's like you said, it's hard to teach feel. It is right. hard to teach feel uh, for middle school, high school kids. But, and sometimes you have to get them as far away from it because they have in their head a preconceived notion of what, what that is. And like, mm-hmm. take that away. Make it look like this time. Then, okay, take that away. Make it look like this now. Take it away. Now that you're giving them gauges, you're giving them benchmarks. It's like, okay, so in between those two fields is where you want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, not for nothing, I feel that you have you have this wealth of knowledge and experience from just your performing days. You know, um, you've performed uh, in Orlando. You performed on cruise ships. You had uh, Toxic slash Fox Audio. You know, had that whole career going for you, and you've had this world worldly experience um, to be able to to gain this knowledge and to pass off to you know younger generations. So you've been everywhere. It seems. Um, you know, where has been like the most memorable memorable place you've been? What are some other new things, other things that you you picked up along the way, maybe from other artists or just from other countries that you've been in? Man, I, it's definitely been a ride, man. It's, yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's been cool. I've got I've I've gotten to taste a little bit of what fame is like. You know, when I was in Japan and they're all rushing the stage and, mm-hmm. and I got to tour the world. I got to, I mean, you know, you had fans. I got, I wasn't famous by any means. I wasn't famous, but you had people that adored you. And I, it, it was a fun, fun time. But you know what? I got as far as I can. I want to send the elevator back down. But my favorite place is Japan, definitely. The, the, the audience is there. <laughs> they love acapella. They, they do. They do love acapella. And, um, but I've gotten to sing so many places. Being on the cruise ships was one. And every, every place, it was an education. Uh, being on the Vegas Strip was pretty cool. And it was like, yeah, these are all, I mean, I mean I've done hundreds of corporate events that made me, you know, you got to stay at really nice hotels. I mean, Vox Audio made the, uh, a huge part of their living as a corporate group, as a corporate mm-hmm. group, and we did, you know, openings for Coca-Cola, this, that, and the other. You know, stayed at Grand Wailea. They're having, you know, for, you know, was it Mary Kay, whatever we're <laughs> singing for, you know. But, you know, it, it is just one of those things that 
it, you learn something new every, every venue you go to. Mm-hmm. And for me, understanding that, knowing that every show that we did had new technical challenges, understanding mm-hmm. that we had what we wanted in our rider for tech gear, but to know that every place was going to be a little bit different and how it was going to react, that was something that was an education to me. I was, I've always been a fan of tech mm-hmm. and learning how to do this and bringing that technical aspect to toxic audio and bringing that same technical aspect to the acapella world of middle school and high school it is it has been invaluable and like i said my all my middle schools they all perform and rehearse on mic because nice. yeah well even if it's on a wireless if it's a, if it's a wired mic they learn how to do it it is a skill it is a skill mm-hmm. that you don't just give to a kid and you be like go now you know how to use a microphone <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many different types out there too so it's it really comes down to placement you know and yeah i totally agree it's it's funny that you say that because you know there are some there are some districts out there that they can't afford it and um or they only have like two or three but like you'd have to pass it around to make sure that each kid had an opportunity and I mean, I know that for my own students' case, um, participating in a competition last year, the first time they were all on mic together at the same time was in that sound check for that. And, and it was, they learned on the fly, luckily, like during that That's sound check. Like, That's the, it, it can be, it could totally throw a performance off because it's something new that we tried to give as much experience for, but. No, we weren't really able to so it, it that can that can totally be tricky but i agree that working with microphones is definitely a skill i wish i wish that there was ways for us to have more you know for districts to have more have it be like almost like a textbook purchase you know i, 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 I agree with you, you. Know? i agree with you completely i'm fortunate mm-hmm. enough i mean um every place that i go uh i mean it's an investment. Uh, the, the the microphone system I have is a twelve hundred dollar investment. It is right. got, you know my thousand dollars. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get it. School doesn't have it, and nor I mean, but but in the hands of the right people, mm-hmm. you it will revolutionize and change your program to something that's going to be a lot more current. You know, instead of because you uh, trust me. You know this beatboxing into a a rock is not fun, you know. But when it's EQ'd properly and you, because you practice that way and you practice how you do it, you know mm-hmm. these things become apparent when tech is a forethought and not an afterthought. You yes. Know? So, for for me and as as an educator, I go into they as an educator in the middle school level. They're like, we want you to do. How do how do we get this? How do we? How do you get to my level at, at the middle school uh, to do performances and to have my kids perform? I invested in microphones and those micro my my board. I travel with my board. Mm-hmm. The twelve hundred dollars that I spent with one SM fifty eight for eighty bucks, you know, I can get a world out of that thing. It's it's right. it's it's a small. If you think about it, it's a small investment for over the next ten years. Mm-hmm. And, and after a while, if you actually start getting paid gigs, it actually starts paying for itself. And yeah, you can and invest even more. It, it, yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It does, it does pay for itself. And, but the, the daunting part is 
the, the education and the, the, the learning curve sometimes that people aren't willing to be like, oh my gosh, there's so many knobs. It looks like an airplane, you know? <laughs> you know, it, it's like, it's like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, dude, you went to college for God knows, you know, rocket science and you four years and studied, you know, that, that was hard, you know, yeah. learning how to plug point A to point B, turn up this, and this is the reverb button. That should be pretty well yeah. within your wheelhouse. Yeah, they, some of them look very intimidating, and I love that you say this because I've heard that um, so many times, you know, from friends of mine and 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 colleagues, um, former colleagues and whatnot. Just it, it's a like a big scary machine. You don't know what to. So like, we had one board that was like on a rolling cart. It looked like R two D two, and and they were like, I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, like, and it was it was insane because I remember where I used to work, we had, you know, the tech who put it, you know, installed it. He came in um, and he was like installing it. He's like, all right, I got 15 minutes left. So I'm going to give you a crash course. I'm like, oh, okay. oh, here it goes. So, but it was literally, here's your power switch. Here's your not. <laughs> like, it was like the stuff that you just said. It's like, yeah, but um, you know, some, but again, there's some of those boards that they do have a little bit more uh, technical like uh, abilities than, you know, most, but it's really just a game that you you self-educate yourself on these things. It's it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of practice. And you have to Absolutely. invest the time. It's not just the money. It's investing the time into it, and too. I'll let you know right now, there is a 13-year-old who will probably learn it faster and quicker than you. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, here are YouTube tutorials. Learn how to use this. And he'll use it and be like, hey, you just found your new sound guy. And I think that's important and it's valuable too because now you're including another student who may not have, like I'm thinking outside the box here, you might have a student who's not necessarily into the singing portion of it, but you know, for some reason there's a 13-year-old who thinks that sound engineering is like the coolest thing ever. You've now trained a student to be able to work and if he's 13, that's five years worth of sound engineering experience you have there and now you can have that said same person train another couple of young, younger students. And you just, now, now you have a new, you know, you always have a permanent sound, sound person. Absolutely. You know, I think that's Absolutely. important. Yeah. And, and, and I do that with all my kids. I find out who the kids who are deaf. My daughter's one of them. My daughter, I mean, I, I bring her everywhere with me. She's my A too. You know, she doesn't like, I'm like, I don't trust anybody else. And I'm like, I'm like, you, you know what you're doing. EQ the room, you know, compress it, EQ, you know, dynamics, gain, gain structure to do the basics. You know? mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Um, now that every you get an X thirty two Behringer X thirty two, and it's twelve hundred dollars. It'll last you ten years. It'll right. last you ten years of you know this with reverb, EQ, compression. It's bang in a box. Go out there and put on the best shows you possibly can. You know, and have these kids you know get their hands on it because I promise you, a lot of them they're on this. Thing, all the phones all the time, the technical yes. devices, they're so much faster at it. My daughter, who's a senior right now, she's so much quicker at engineering than I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's really, really fast when it comes to studio engineering, you know, having her system set up because that, I mean, she, I guess she's just younger and faster, you know, and here right. I'm 46 years old. I'm just like, oh, cow, that's a really cool thing. Hey, man, I should do that. I yeah, know. Yeah, my my five year old can log into his his Chromebook no problem. He knows how to log into a computer, and my my three year old knows how to like download and find apps on 
on her iPad, you know, and these, these are five and three-year-old, you know, it's, that's, that's the way it is these days. Yeah. Yeah. Technology. It's the younger generation is able to, God, it makes, it makes us sound old when we say the younger generation. You know, you know? Like back in the day when I was using analog. Yeah. You know, yeah the the younger, they know what to do. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see some of the things that they're able to accomplish and they have so much more at their fingertips too. You know, there's a lot of, you know, um, DAWs out there that we never necessarily had, Good you know, gosh. when we were growing Rock up band? and yeah, like, and now even like there's a one uh, called Soundtrap, which is basically oh, yeah. GarageBand. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and that's, and it's cloud-based. So yeah, like so you can use amazing. that anywhere, you know, it's just amazing the technology that they have out there. Again, aging ourselves here. So Dude, but. all the, all the tracks that of I, that you heard, let's say that tightrope track, mm-hmm. it, it is all done with cell phones. It is that's all amazing. done with you know, they record it into their iPhone like they're talking on the phone, mm-hmm. and then they send it to me via voice message. And it comes yeah. into my email, and I put it in the session. But I am able to correct them, but everything we're doing with cell phones, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The quality, I mean, yes, yes, it's not like phenomenal quality like you, the condenser mic that you're using, but the fact that we can get close at high, middle school and high school level, we get yeah. getting pretty close. Yeah, that's actually how I had my middle school students send me theirs as well. It was, it was all you know, audio from their own cell phones, and it was just it, like you said, it's not going to be that pristine, crystal clear quality, but it's cell phones sound so much better than you know back in two thousand one, two thousand two, <laughs> and so there is that difference. And hey, can you hear me now? Yeah. Like this. Hey, oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, so now you start using, you're trying to, like, all right, can we find a song that sounds like we need a megaphone? Let's try that out, you know, and then Absolutely. use that kid's cell phone. It's just, it's, it's amazing what they have at their fingertips. And not for nothing, I mean, you know, some of these kids could actually use GarageBand on their phones, could actually record their own songs. They can on make videos, phones. everything. Yeah. All their, all, their, all their videos, all this YouTube cutting, they're already ahead of it compared mm-hmm. to us older people. All right. They're already ahead of it. So my thing is always in class. It's like, all right, who knows how to do social media? Because you do it better than I do. All right, Mm -hmm. good. You, you're the guy. You're my guy. You're my guy for social media. That's what you're going to do. You on social media. Okay. Who knows how to use a, who uses GarageBand? All right, cool. Use GarageBand. Good. You're going to be my new A1. You're going to learn how to do this. And then you're going to teach everybody else how to do it. And then that's, it's really, and it's empowering them. It's Mm -hmm. when you give those kinds of jobs Two students that you're like, and, and it could be one of those kids. Yeah, I like GarageBand. Good, you're my guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the fact that you raised your hand. One, it shows me that you had the stones to raise your hand. Two, it shows me that, cool, you. this is something, a skill that you're interested in and that we could nurture that, fan that flame a little bit to see where, where we can progress. Everybody in my Big Steps program uh, at my middle school level is a uh, yeah, I select them. And honestly, I select all the kids. I got hundreds of people auditioning. I'll probably take 20. And I take 20 of those 20 kids. I don't look for just singers. I look for mm-hmm. the kid who can, I'm like, dude, that keeps, kid keeps really good time. He can step touch like a mofo. You know, mm-hmm. he's out there step touching like nobody else's business. And I'm like, great, that kid has time. I can teach him how to beatbox. You know, it, and those are the things. It's hard to find. You know, you've seen you're you're in middle school, man. You you get them to clap on one and three. I mean, that that's a good day. They're like two, yes. two, four, two, 
three, one, three, triple it. You know, they, <laughs> <Out of> nowhere. <laughs> you know, like, all right. But you, you find and the girls who have dance class, if you have girls who can take dance, I'm like, oh man, she can dance and she can also rap. Yeah. Cause rapping is very close to understanding dance and having time. Mm-hmm. So those just, that's something I'm like, ah, oh, that's something I can use. That's something I can build around. And I, when I write songs like that tightrope song, that was a kid's suggestion. I was like, hey, can we do this tightrope by Janelle Monet? I'm like, who's this? Mm. And it was mm-hmm. just really, really cool. And I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. Then I can put a rap in the middle of it and we can do some cool different things. It's being taking those ideas and it's a sandbox and being mm-hmm. creative. In, in, in my approach, I do sets. I don't teach one song, two song, three songs, and that's it. And then we do the next one. I do sets. We have a five song set. So this, I mean, everybody needs to learn the five song set. Mm-hmm. So it, they, they don't get to just, you know, set it and then forget it. They need to constantly get better at it. And then every so often I'll put another song on top of that. At one point, my last year's group, we had, you know, what is it? Three 20 minute sets with emceeing ready to go. That means mm-hmm. when I when I say big steps go, they do a 20 minute show just like we did at Disney World. They do 20 minutes and then, you know, thank you everybody. We'll see you in a, a few minutes next until the next set, all right? So and mm-hmm. then they had a new set of the same songs, but I had some of these kids from 6th grade to 8th grade. Mm-hmm. So these kids just got better and better and better and better. You know, like when I played Don't Stop Me Now, those are like, those are my veteran kids. They're like, they're, they were there since sixth grade and they knew the drill, but they teach the sixth graders. And then mm-hmm. they, they all fall into form, man. That's why I love the middle school level. And you get, you, yeah, you have your superstars, but you know, everybody, you, you try to spread that love around. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you try to spread that, you spread that love around and you, every, everybody has the ability to be in front and they need yeah, to know yeah. that they can hold their own weight. Yeah. And it's, it's a team building experience. You know, it's, uh, you are as strong as your weakest link, but you each carry one another to make sure that, you know, the group is as strong as can be, you know, and that's what I've seen with my group. That's what I've seen, you know, talking to a lot of colleagues, that's what they see with all their groups is, you know, they push each other and they want to be successful and they want to succeed. And whether it's, you know, going the extra mile to make sure that they got that one line down or, you know, helping out with choreography when needed, whatever it may be, or maybe the one student who doesn't necessarily have a solo um, is more comfortable being the background singer, but is totally boss at, you know, at public speaking, not necessarily singing, but speaking. There's your MC right there, introducing the group or whatever it may be. Oh my gosh. Everyone's got a job that they're good at and it it makes it important for the entire group experience. Honestly, dude, you said it right there. You find a kid who can speak well, uh, an MC and control the audience and direct the audience and pull their focus. And that's what a great MC does. A great MC, uh, I learned this from the great Kyle Dodson from Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. He was the cruise director. I was like, how do you do this? He's like, MC isn't, MCing is easy. All you have to do is glorify everything. Glorify everything. Like, I'm like, this acapella podcast is absolutely amazing. amazing. I have never seen anything like it. And you wear those headphones. I mean, they they look like, they must cost a thousand dollars, but I'm sure you know you, the experience it takes just to use your headphones. I mean, I wish I could get to that point. You know, it's like you can just glorify everything from the shirt you're wearing, from what everybody's doing. If you can find that kid who can just 
be awesome about everything. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't she great? Wasn't he great? Wasn't that awesome? Well, look at the song. They're saying, well, that girl's got skills. She can dance. You know, all these kinds of things. You know, it is what, honestly, today's music is so much hype. There's always a hype, man, in every hip-hop song. That, there is. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on. What, what, that's right. Uh. And that's what I did in, um, when I did uh, all my songs, like Tightrope. You'd be like, yeah, Amory. Go on. That's what I'm talking I heard that. About. Yep. Yeah. All that, it exists. It's not written down, but mm-hmm. it sound a song sounds completely empty without it. Right. Know? So th- these are things that you bring to the table, the experience, you know, of being doing records and being on stage. The, the, you bring that to this game. And like I said, you can teach it to anybody. It's all not about, it's all a matter of putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Find that MC man. Cause that, that guy can control your whole show. He can streamline everything from point a to point B. And it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. You know, when you cannot, uh, I think Steve's agree said it best. Um, Steve's agree from Western Michigan. God rest is, uh, and he was in Western and in Indiana. I think he went to afterwards, but Steve's agree was um, uh, the director of gold company for a very long time at Western Michigan, and somebody asked Steve Zagree a question. He goes, uh, Steve goes, Mr. Mr. Zagree, um, where on stage do you do your conducting from? And he said it was brilliant. He goes, you see that door back there? Um, That door back there behind, you know, behind the soundboard? That's where I do it, because if I did my job right, I won't have to be on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't have to be, yeah, and that was, I'm just like, and there's so much truth in that statement. You know, you, you are there as it's, it's the cliche statement. You are the guide on the side, not the sage on the stage. They're the sages on the stage. You know, you, if you did your job right, you will be in the audience enjoying every moment that they have put forth. Boom. I love it. I love that, it. That is, that is, it is brilliant. It is, it is brilliant when you look at the stage in that way, because at that point you relinquish ownership and, mm-hmm. the, and the, the product is completely theirs. You know, it, it, you, when you leave the kids to their own vices, they do step up, they step up and they're like, Hey, what can we do to make this better? It's like, what can we do to make this, you know, awesome. We can make this look cool. And it, and I'll tell you right now, it usually has nothing to do with choreography. You know, you do, trust me, you don't want to see me do pirouettes. It's not pretty, you know, but if you want, if you can do creative blocking, create um, images high and low, pulling audience focus, whether you're, you start here on the right side of the stage and then you, you know, the next song, you have two of you go to the left side of the stage and then move, cut across. There are ways, it's Cirque du Soleil. There are ways to keep the audience guessing. You know, as far as, you know, we all don't have to stand in a half semicircle singing. We don't all have to go do choreography. Choreography is great for certain numbers, not all. But, you know, it, it, it becomes very show choir to me sometimes when you can get out there and just focus on delivering the lines, focus on delivering the lyrics. And, and don't get, if you have talented dancers, showcase them. You doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be about everybody has to do it. She can do it. I'm like, nah, 
showcase her, let her do it, you know, so we can, we can all sit there and give her that moment where she's doing her thing and it becomes just as impactful and it doesn't become the fat kid doing pirouettes, you know, in, in the mm. a Chris Farley sketch, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm dating myself now, people I'm dating myself. Uh. You know? They some of them know who Farley is. It's yeah. okay, <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's it becomes this thing where the kids are glorifying each other and supporting each other on stage. All my the energy I um, tell the kids, I'm like the audience is the for me is their second. The energy, the, the eye contact, and you'll probably agree with me on this because you were in college acapella. When you were in tune with your guys and you were looking at each other on stage and just throwing down, that was so much to watch. Sure, you'd have your choreography planned and you were looking forward at the stage, but the idea is that I tell kids is this, is that you want to have fun up here first and then invite mm-hmm. the audience to realize how cool this is. If you can do that, if you can convince the audience that what we're doing on here on stage is awesome, then you're halfway there of winning the audience. If you're right. always trying to be, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, and just choreography, choreography, bam, 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 that's you taking yourself real seriously. And that's you. It's like I say to my students, there's a difference between singing to you and singing at you. Yep. If you can, if you can. And I tell these, I tell this to my students all the time. If you can figure out what that difference is, because I can just sing to somebody 40 yards in the audience and let them know I'm singing to them. That one person. If you can do that and you're not just, just blanketing wall of just sound and look at me, look at me, you know, don't sing at the audience. Bring them in. And and that takes direction. That takes for and it, it can be taught at any age. Absolutely. Wow, Paul, like this has been very enlightening conversation. And I, I love oh, everything that you've said today. And I'm I'm totally thankful for it. So um Paul Sparaza, uh you can check him out. He uh geez, I'm gonna post everything on the episode description for everyone to check out. Um, you know, but Paul Sparaza, thank you so much for joining me this week on yeah, the man. Education I, Podcast. I just want to give a shout out to uh, sure. uh just a shout out to my wife and family who put up with me and you know all these acapella years and for any educators uh who are interested in you know a different approach a different approach uh, i give all my acapella arrangements away you know basically for free and because i i mean i use them for my groups but if you want them i'll send you the, the the google link to my drive and like i said most of the times it's just a verse and a chorus it's trying to keep trying to get the kids to at a like I said, noticeable gains and performance gains. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm here to uh, to help you. I'm here to do what we can because I think acapella is a it's a noble cause. It's a noble cause that needs to be, uh, more people need to be aware of it. And I appreciate you, Justin, for keeping the word alive, keeping the word alive because it's during this whole pandemic thing, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult it learning the, the, the tech side of things. And if you have any technical questions on how you better can approach it, it's one of those things my door is, my door is always open to other educators. But thank you, Athena Mertes from Thurman White Academy. And thank you, Megan Frankie from um, uh, uh, Las Vegas Academy of the Arts. This has been really cool, man. I appreciate the opportunity to come out here and share. 
And I'm so glad we took the time to have this conversation. Uh, you can check him out at Fearless Performing 101. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've watched videos. The man does backflips on stage, people. And then he beatboxes while he backflips. It's amazing. You know. So check out those videos and really take him up Take him up on those offers because um, I know I'm going to. So Yeah, and honestly, uh, well, that collaboration is coming into play. To get that middle school collaboration in, and that's, I'm in. That, that's let's, let's play. Let's, let's have some yes. fun. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is we'll distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope everyone enjoyed episode 35 as much as I did recording it. The enigmatic Paul Sparaza. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at Aka Ed Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Acaville Radio, acaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.